How you doing, Super Scoreboard fans? This is Stephen Mill from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. If you like what you hear from this week's episode, you can subscribe to our very own channel by searching for the Big Scottish Football Podcast via your regular podcast provider. Or you can give us a follow on Twitter as well, at Big Football Scott. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you again for taking the time to listen to our latest episode. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Stephen Mill and he is Evan Cameron. Hello there, Stephen Mill. Hello. Yes, it's Evan Cameron here. And also with us, we've got intern Caleb. Intern Caleb as well. It's a full house this morning. How was your weekend? Was it all right? I saw you on Saturday, obviously, but how was your Sunday? My weekend, I spent quite a bit of time arguing with Celtic fans yeah so just like every other weekend basically for you no it went way more than usual right Um, since the podcast on Thursday yeah there was a lot of feedback to the podcast on Thursday it just went boom thanks for everyone who followed us by the way our social numbers are through the roof and the amount of people who have blocked us also through the roof as well so thank you very (laughs) much that's true what I did enjoy is that people were like this is ridiculous and shared our post right which is obviously great and then we're like block them and I'm like, well, I mean, you know, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, I suppose. The amount of people that advertised that they were blocking us and would send us a screen grab off yeah. the block as well. I know. Uh, because of some of the opinions that we were sharing on Thursday on the podcast. And then I argued with Celtic fans all through the weekend. And we'll, we'll touch on it because Celtic fans, again, were tagging me in videos of the Goldson quote-unquote handball against Dundee United. They were tagging me in the videos of a hand on the shoulder of Stephen Fletcher and Celtic fans. Some, let me just say this, some, a few, a minority, uh, believe that both should be penalties to Dundee United. Well, we've got a Dundee United fan in the studio, an intern, Caleb. We'll ask him if he thought there were penalties, and I'm going to tell you what I think as well. OK, OK, we'll run through all the other fixtures from the weekend as well. A big weekend in the SPFL. We'll look ahead to the Via Play Cup semi-finals, and we'll get your answers for a Scottish football or a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. We'll set up next week's as well. It's a good one. And remember, you can find us on all your usual podcast providers on Twitter via ad Big Football Scott and we're on Instagram and Facebook as well just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast right let's get stuck in to today's episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast let's run through all the results from the weekend where would you like to start Ewan Cameron let's start with the last game of the weekend which was Dundee United versus Rangers so it finished 2-0 to Rangers great goal by Fashion Sakala to open the scoring in the second half and they were in cruise control from then on obviously the big news before the game Alan McGregor dropped in goals and Conor Golson continued his (laughs) stint as goalkeeper for Rangers yesterday Um, obviously (laughs) one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen for Rangers to be honest with you Um, I don't want to dwell too much it, but like genuinely, I, I didn't think it was a penalty, right? Because I didn't it's think not. it's not. It's I don't. Not. I don't think it is. But 
I don't know what the rules are. I, I, I do. I, no, but I have seen those given. Th- this season, penalties like that have been given. No, they've not. The World yes, Cup, they yes. weren't given. No, no, no. Before the World Cup, they were, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. The rules have changed again. They've amended the rules again. FIFA amended the rules ahead of the World Cup. And the reason I if, don't think it was a penalty is because I didn't think Golson knew anything about it. It just kind of hit off his yeah. hand. And it's the corner that comes in. And the same with Alex Gogic against Hearts as well. There was a penalty claim for Hearts. It was a similar sort of thing. Ball comes in from the corner. Correct. It's Gogic on the hand and there was nothing he could do about it. And I screamed for it, but then when I looked on the replay, it was never a penalty. And I'm a Hearts man. I'd have loved to have got the penalty and won the game, but it wasn't a penalty. Can, can I just say a couple of wee things on this, right? And I'm not going to dwell on it and I'm not going to go on another big rant like what I did last Thursday. But let me just say this, right? After that incident involving Goldson at the corner against Dundee United, the amount of Celtic fans who were tagging me in videos saying, Ewan, give your thoughts on this. It's another sign of some sort of conspiracy, right? There isn't. There just isn't. If that is given as a penalty, then let's just give the game up. Let's just throw the towel in and just say, right, this is a joke now. This isn't football. This isn't what I've signed up to. It's rubbish. It was never a penalty in a million years. And everybody with any sense would know that. And here's another thing I want to point out about that incident involving Goldson at the Dundee United corner. They kind of touched on it at halftime on Sky. Sean Dillon, former Dundee United uh, centre-half, said, I would be raging if that was given against me. Chris Boyd, you'd expect him to say, it's never a penalty. It lasted about a minute. They looked at it and that was it. Sky, because there was no English Premier League game yesterday, had a one-hour analysis of the game after the full-time whistle. I watched that one-hour analysis of that game. They didn't ask two Dundee United players. They didn't even ask the manager, Liam Fox, about the handball. They didn't even look back at the incident. Mainstream media, mate. That's it, what it is. It's, 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 it's got nothing, because it was never a penalty. It was no. never an incident. Now, normally what would happen is that Sky, BBC, ITV, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, whether it be Clyde Super Scoreboard, if you're looking for something and a wee bit of controversy, you run with it, and that's the big story. That would have changed the game. That would have made such a huge difference. Sky, for an hour, didn't even mention it in their analysis of the game. They didn't even ask the Dundee United players in post-match interviews or even to the manager. It's not a penalty. And here's another thing I want to say to Celtic fans, right? This is a club that have won 10 of the last 11 titles. I lost count how many trebles they won under Brendan Rodgers. This team are outstanding. They are playing some of the best football I've seen in the Scottish Premiership in a long time. It's quick. It's attacking. It's one touch. They should have obliterated Kilmarnock 9-0 at the weekend. They're an outstanding team. Enjoy the football. Enjoy Ange Postacoglu. And stop worrying about things that aren't there. It doesn't exist. There is no conspiracy. There is no corruption. It was never a penalty move on and enjoy your team to take it away from that ever so slightly you and Cameron you made a big song and dance about VAR being brought in midway through the season in Scottish football correct and and how it was unfair for all the teams that had missed out on decisions that happened before VAR come in yeah how is it fair to change the handball rule midway through the season FIFA made the rule change. <laughs> well, remember, it's their, it's, it's their tournament. So at the World mm. Cup, 
they put in this new offside rule. No, I, I, I know what's okay. I know, Andy, I know, I know no, you're explaining what's happened. I know, but, but, but how's but, that fair? But the changes made were right. See the penalties that were right, being, right, oh, okay. No, 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 Stephen, no, 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 Stephen, no. no you're, you're trying to you're no. trying to make me sound like as if I'm contradicting myself. You are though. No, I'm not. You are. No, I'm not. And, 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 and I you're being a fool. Let's be. Honest. You're being a fool. No, I'm not. You're trying to get a rise out no, of me. I'm not. You're trying to make me sound stupid or no, I'm contradict not. myself. Can I can I explain? You've asked me a question. No. What you're doing is explaining what's happened with the rule change, and I totally know what's happened, and I accept. Yeah, it's right. If it's if it's better, and there's clarification for it, do that's you think totally... it's better? Yes, of course. Right I do. Then, so, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with bringing VAR to get better decisions? Then, well, that my issue is still that it should never have started halfway through a season. But when it comes to VAR, and I can hear intern <laughs> Caleb no. laughing in the background. Right. They're, they're two very different things. Can uh, you not see what the difference is? Explain the difference. Bringing in the rules. So changing a rule halfway through wait, a season wait, is wait, fine. Wait, 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 it's wait. fine for the handball rule. It's not fine for VR. Right. Wait a wee second. Right. Right. I am still of the opinion <laughs> that VAR. I can hear the cogs right. turning in your because head. you've you've just caught me by surprise with your nonsense. So let me explain it uh-huh. as if I'm speaking to a five-year-old because that's how you're acting just okay. now. You're right. acting like a child, right? right? You're trying to get a rise out of me. You're trying to create a talking point and there's not any real talking point here. But let me explain it to you. Right. Okay. So the SPFL decided to bring in VAR this season. Mm-hmm. But what they want you to do is get the first 11 and 12 games out of the way and kind of like test it. And then they would introduce it after, I think it was 11 games, am I right? Something like it's that, The first yeah. round of games anyway. And then they were going to introduce it. I was against the idea of bringing VAR in 11 games into the season. It's either at the start of the season or not at all. That's my point. See if VAR had not been brought in 11 games into the season, the rule changes within VAR wouldn't have happened because we wouldn't be having this discussion about VAR because it shouldn't be there. But the rule, but that's my point. But the rule changes to the handball rule still would have taken effect. Yeah, but it wouldn't have bothered us because we don't have VAR to look back on it. No, but it still would have bothered us because things that were penalties earlier on in the season are not penalties now. Oh, you are... I mean, that's... that's no, not. That's, that's an absolute... It's not. You even said earlier on... You can compare... Introducing, yes, I can. You can. No, you can't. You can't compare the introduction of a technology to a... To, to, a implement, to, to implement rules... Yes. ...that have sometimes been missed by the referees and the match officials... Right. See, to, see to, to changing a fundamental rule of the game... Right. See the fundamental rule so, so, so of the game. So wait, so wait, no. The wait, fundamental wait. rule of the game, right? Uh-huh. For the penalty, it was changed at the start of the season, right? This you had to make your arms unnaturally I bigger. It was you just said it was changed during no, the World no, Cup. There was, there was a few tweaks made at the World Cup, right? So there was, it was changed. It there was, was a couple of World tweaks Cup. made at the World Cup, mm-hmm. right? So, I think that was great because there are some horrendous handballs. That have been given as penalties. It should never have been a penalty. That have cost teams dearly. So that's really unfair on the teams that have had really bad handball decisions that have been given against them. Yeah. I'm going to walk out. I'm going to walk out. <laughs> How? I'm going to walk out. Why? I'm what? going to walk out because why are you complicating it? I'm not. I'm, going, what I'm, what I'm it's saying. It's a right. very very right. simple proposition. Right. Right. Should, right, right. In, in short, VAR should never have been introduced to living games in. So I, I've got one very simple question for you, Ian. Are you or are you not? Against changing things midway through a season. <laughs> I was just against, a very, a very I, simple question. I was against VAR being introduced to living games but in the season. But you're for the handball rule getting changed. 
Midway through the season Yeah because It's better for the game And and VR is not better For the game No because I think It was unfair When it was Not implemented (laughs) In the first 11 games That's my point That's my point But now that it's here But now that it's here I I take your point I I fundamentally take your point Okay well then How does that differ From changing the handball rule Halfway through a season Because you've just You've just said And I totally agree It's for the better There's more clarification for it That's a good thing I'm not saying it's not a good thing But how Is that fair against the teams That you have just said Have had horrendous handball decisions Given against them Before the handball Handball rule changed Do you know what's annoying me more Than you just now It's intern Caleb Sitting there like the Churchill Doug With with the wagon head Do you know in high school if this happened to someone, you'd say to them, clamped. <laughs> to stand on. But that, God love you, you're fighting from that corner no, of yours. I, I, it's so... You're going to get me say... You're, I'm going to end up saying something's going to get me into trouble, right? Aye, because you're, you're so you're, good normally. You're kind of annoying me now, right? You're kind of irritating me, and I'm not you happy still about it. You still it. haven't answered my question. I did, I said... No, no, should, no, no. VAR, put it right, okay. VAR <clears> shouldn't be in place right now. That is my position. So therefore, by extension, the handball rule should be the same as it was earlier on in the season No, well. no. Because that has fundamentally caused problems within the game. And VAR hasn't? No. I think I think VAR has actually... Has actually... Nah. Mm-hmm. Done. There, there's a lot. There's yeah, there's there's more positives and negatives to VAR. This, this is season. what we call a Des Roach, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he has Des Roached it. He no, knows he's wrong. He knows he's I'm wrong. Not. And I'm he's not. just saying words now. Can we edit all this rubbish out? No. We need to edit this rubbish out absolutely because not. not because there is nothing in what we've just discussed. There is. No, there, there is. isn't. There is. Punters listening to this right now are just thinking, you that was a sh- no, that's a stupid conversation to have. No, it's not. And then Ewan's making crystal clear. <laughs> what are you making crystal clear? I'm making, I'm making the situation that he has brought up crystal clear. VAR should never have been introduced when it was. Now that it is here, the slight rule changes we made in regards to the handball, that's brilliant, that's what was needed. Because see, two seasons ago, the Golson handball would have been given as a penalty. And now it won't. And that's brilliant. Two seasons ago? Don't you mean earlier on this season? No! 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 I can't believe the hole you're digging yourself. There's no hole I'm digging here. Anyway, the point is, it wasn't a penalty. We all agree on that. Anyone with, with half a brain will know that wasn't a penalty. You said earlier that you would like my opinion on the penalty. Well, you're a Dundee United fan. Yeah, yeah. Never a penalty in a million years. Okay, what about the, the hand on Stephen Fletcher from Ryan Jack? Nope. Again, it's never a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty either. Right, okay. let's move on to the other game yesterday Thank and Hibs back to winning ways. It was a hat-trick from Kevin Nisbet, the multi-million pound superstar that he's going to be, and I'm saying that because Dunfermline have a 30% sell-on clause. So, Is it that much? Yes, it is. And he, to be fair, looked sharp yesterday, quick, and his finishing oh. was top-notch. See that first goal? Mm-hmm. That was that was good. I thought the first and the third goal in particular. Yeah. Great finishes. That's a natural striker right there. I also thought Ryan Portis had a great game. He was outstanding. So will that be the last game for Ryan Portis before he ends up at Udinese? We'll talk about that a little later. Yes, we've got our transfer talk coming up. Stevie Hamill. Stevie Hamill. Is his jack on a sugly peg? I don't think so because he's obviously a legend at Motherwell, which buys him a little bit more time. They're still, you know, above Ross County at the moment, but they are struggling. They look terrible. 
They I really do. I look. I like the look of Dundee United yesterday. I really do think they'll be safe. That first half, I thought they were great. I think Dundee United will be safe. I think Kilmarnock will be safe. Do you think so? Do you think Kilmarnock get dragged in? Nah, I think Kilmarnock will be fine. And I also think that Motherwell and Ross County will be the bottom two. Now, Motherwell have been in the playoffs a couple of times, I think. Yes. Yep. Um, since they've been introduced, I think Motherwell. It comes to all provincial sides in Scotland, really. They've been in the top flight for a very, very long time. They're probably the last sort of smaller club yeah. not to have been relegated recently. I think their time might be coming this season. I think Ross County will be relegated. I think Mother will end up in the playoffs, but I think the teams that they could face in the playoffs would be far too good for them. I'm not impressed by the quality in the, in the, the, in the championship. You wouldn't fancy Dundee against Motherwell? It'd be close, but I still think Mother would probably just edge it. Yeah, I think it would be close as well, but I just think there's only so many times you can fend, I agree. Yeah. you can fend things off. And you know, looking at the league, everyone else has been up and down pretty much, apart from Aberdeen and Celtic. So everyone else has had their shot in the lower leagues. Yeah. And Motherwell, I think I think the time is coming. So um, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. Elsewhere, Ross County are bottom of the league after a defeat against Livingston on Saturday. Um, by all accounts, it was against the runny play that Livingston took the lead. It was. But then, Bruce Anderson grabbing a double, his second goal in particular, a great goal, picking the ball up from the halfway line and finishing really well. I think he's a decent striker, Bruce Anderson. I think he'll probably go on to bigger and better things and no disrespect to Livingston. I do like um, Bruce Anderson. His second goal was a peach. Felt sorry for Ross County. They were the better team. Didn't they take their chances? They got punished for it. And... Um, Marvin Bartley signed off yes. from Livingston with a with a victory. He's now the new manager at Queen of the South. Yes, and he's got a bit of a task because they got beat 2-1 by Aloha at home on Saturday. So a big job for Marvin Bartley. Elsewhere, it was Aberdeen 2, St Johnston 0. And that eases a little bit of the pressure on Jim Goodwin. It was a bit of a slog. It took them a wee while to get the breakthrough. But when they did, they grabbed the second and three points staying at Pitaudry and gives them a wee boost heading into the semi-final at the weekend. They've got a player in Duke. Mm -hmm. They've got a player in him. With how long they'll be able to keep a hold of him remains to be seen, but he's a cracking player. Two good goals he scored. He also had another goal chopped off, so he could have had a hat-trick on the day as well. And that was Aberdeen um, getting their mind set for the Rangers game because only ever turned up for the games against Rangers. So that game against St. Johnston was them already thinking of Rangers. Mm. Yeah, because that's why they St. won. St. Johnston playing blue. That's what it is. I, that's what, that's I, what I, it totally, is. Totally. Yeah. That's what it is. So their mind was already on Rangers. So they see St. Johnston, they're thinking Rangers because they've got them in the cup on Sunday do we and increase, they turned up and win 2-0 do we increase Aberdeen playing four or five times a season to six times a season because they've beaten St Johnston now do we include that as well yes we yeah, do right, we okay, include so that as well. Aberdeen plays six times a season elsewhere Celtic 2-0 winners against Kilmarnock uh, they had a couple of goals chopped off uh, Celtic on Saturday for offside various hit the things. post hit the post as well and uh, fairly comfortable victory in the end they're a good side aren't they they're great to watch they're attacking they're free flowing they know their roles within that team. They press really well. I think they're a cracking side. And as I said earlier, I think they're, 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 they've been playing the best football in the league 
that I've seen in a long time. I know that Celtic under Brendan Rodgers played some cracking stuff, but there's something about this team. It's a bit quicker as well. Derek McInnes said on Saturday that's the best Celtic team that he has faced in his entire time being a manager in well, Scottish there you football. Go. There you go. That, and I mean, I said that myself watching them. And you watch them every other week. I don't think they turned up against Rangers. I thought they were quite ordinary in that game. But generally speaking, they're easily head and shoulders above everybody in that league. The thing is, they got the point against Rangers and... Th- that's all they needed like Celtic of Rangers need to win that game if you look at it even though there's still two games between them to go that still means that Rangers can't drop any more points elsewhere no. and like like Celtic of it's pretty much done and we'll get to the other leagues in a wee second as well uh, and it was St Mirren won Hearts won on Saturday so the Jerry Jambos dropping some points away for home we're four points clear of Aberdeen who are in fourth and we've, our game in hand is against St Mirren and that's on Friday night at Tynecastle sold out Tynecastle we'll win that game and we will go seven points clear in third I have a question for you if you're Steve Clark, who are you calling up to the Scotland squad Lauren Shankland or Kevin Nisbet you can only call up one You'd have to go with Lauren Shanklin because he's been playing all season. Nisbet's just got back from a long-term injury. Bearing in mind that the next Scotland squad is until March. If Nisbet can continue the form over the next couple of months... who, who you? And, uh, sorry, I'll change the question slightly. Who are you picking for your team? A fully fit Kevin Nisbet, a fully fit Sha- Lauren Shanklin. Now, there's no doubt that Lauren Shanklin's playing in a better team than... Hearts are a better team than Hibs. But I think Kevin Nisbet is I think above Lauren Shanklin. I think Kevin Nisbet is a better all-round player. I think Shankland is he's a good player, but he's definitely a, 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 a goal. Predator. A predator. Yeah, he's one of them. He's an absolute predator. Producer Caleb, can you find out how... Producer? Intern Caleb... I will not edit that. Can you find out... <laughs> can you find out the respective goal-scoring records for Kevin Nisbet and Lauren Shankland over, say, the last five seasons for me, please. Because I have a feeling it will be very, very close. Kevin Nisbet has scored a lot of goals. Nisbet's a really good player. I think his all-round game is probably better than Shanklin, but I think Shanklin is a better goal scorer. If you're Rangers, they have been linked with Lauren Shankland. They're not getting him. I know, but they have been linked with him. Seven you, million. Seven million, OK. So how much is Kevin Nisbet worth if Lauren Shanklin's worth seven million? Six. <laughs> because you know what the hardest thing you do in football is? Score, score goals. Score goals. Shanklin, for me, is a better goal scorer than Nisbet, but I think Nisbet's a better all-round player. We will find out very shortly who has the better goal-scoring record. And as, as I say... Do, do, you know, do you know what I did? Many, and and, and, and bearing in mind, Kevin Nisbet has been injured for a long time. Just I'm going to give you a laugh here. Somebody reminded me of it the other day there on Twitter. Many years ago when I was doing the football phone-in, we were talking about Chris Boyd. Wait, 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 wait. wait. (laughs) This is the real football phone-in with you and Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 Yeah, call me. Sorry, on you go. So we were talking about Chris Boyd as a goal scorer, Mm -hmm. and I think he's one of the best goal scorers this country has ever produced. When it comes to scoring goals in the box, if you want one man there to put the ball in the back of the net, it would be Chris Boyd. Mm -hmm. And the debate that we had for two hours one night on the football phone-in was, is Chris Boyd a better goal scorer than Fernando Torres? And I said, yes, he was. Yeah, He's a better goal scorer, not a better player, a better goal scorer and that's what I'm saying about Shankland and Nisbet I think Shankland is a better goal scorer a better predator 
a more fox in the box than Nisbet. But I think Nisbet's a better all-round player. If I was to ask you the question, was Chris Boyd a better goal scorer than Fernando Torres, you would say? No. You think Torres is a better goal scorer? Torres scored a lot of goals. No, but you think he's a better striker in regards to putting the ball in the back of the net? Yeah. Just that bit. Yeah. Not the bit running down the channels. Yeah. Not the bit about holding the ball up. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even yeah. thinking about it. I'm asking no. you to think about it. No. I mean, Chris Boyd scored a lot of goals and was a no, really good I'm, goal scorer. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Yeah, not. Fernando Torres was scoring goals at a far higher, scoring not, a lot more goals at a lot more higher level. That's not, not the question I was asking. Yeah. I wasn't talking about levels. Mm-hmm. I was talking about in regards to Aye. putting the ball in the back of the net, yep. who was better? Fernando Torres. <laughs> yeah, still Fernando Torres, mate. Um, right, what, who's, who's, who's a better goal scorer then, Shanklin or Nisbet? Nisbet. Ah, he's not. Well, Statistically, he's not. 52 goals for Shanklin, 42 for Nisbet since right. 2019. I think that's that's still pretty decent. The fact that Kevin Nisbet was playing for some guff like Dunfermline at that time as he's well. He's also been injured for a while. And he's been injured. you got to bear in mind that Lauren Shanklin played for Mickey Mellon's Dundee United, where he scored zero goals. Yeah. So, and he also went to Belgium, and it didn't work out from there. And again, I think that team in Belgium were rotten as well. They were relegated. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you then. You can have the deciding vote here because I think that Shanklin is a better goal scorer than Nisbet. Stephen thinks that Nisbet's a better goal scorer. Who's the better striker? Not overall, but just in regards to putting the ball in the back of the net. Lawrence Shanklin. Lawrence Shanklin. Yeah. Okay. And who's the better striker overall? Kevin Nisbet. Right. Okay. And who would you have in your team? Kevin Nisbet. Thank you very much. And right. who's who's better, Chris Boyd or Fernando Torres? Fernando Torres. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Right. Championship. <laughs> no no wonder that show got cancelled. In the championship, <laughs> Friday night, it was Wraith Rovers one, Dundee one. Dundee are having a bit of a wobble, defeated against Arbroath last week, and then dropping points in the kingdom on Friday night as well and that means Queen's Park who are absolutely rampant how many wins on the spin at the moment now oh. it is, it is uh, a, a lot it's a lot <laughs> yes <laughs> And <laughs> nobody's done the research. I, I pointed uh, intern Callum there for, for the numbers. It's at least six. It's at least six. Including the cups, it's at least six. And they uh, scored six on Saturday against Cove Rangers. Paul Hartley's Cove Rangers, which was very funny because we were talking about that last week, that Jim McIntyre had been binned. And then we're like, it'll probably be Paul Hartley. And then about an hour later, it was like, please welcome Paul Hartley as the Cove Rangers manager. So um, not very good for Cove Rangers. 12 co- goals conceded in the last two games. Nine. Nine games on the spin is... That's impressive. That's impressive. Is that including the cup? Mm. That's impressive. That is very good. Are they going to win the league? Well, I've always said Dundee, so I'm sticking with Dundee. I'm just going to stick with Dundee because... (sighs) But Queen's Park have got the money. And if they go and spend some money, this transfer window... Which Owen Coyle said they'll do when they beat Hamilton mid-December. He already said then we've got players targeted. Are they already the best pairs when it comes to wages in the league uh, they must be close to Dundee I I, yes I would suspect so yeah. Owen Coyle will be on a lot of money I know their director of football is on a lot of money I know some of their players are getting played double treble what they were getting paid at their former clubs um, so have they done like what Rangers did when Rangers went down the divisions they were giving players like eight, nine grand. What was it, Sandaza and people I, I, like that? I don't think it's quite that much, but they, they certainly are doing a Gretna, is what I would say. Um, and that's my fear, is it's somebody's plaything. And I really don't want them in the Premiership because they have an average gate of like 400 people. So 
I think their average gate is a little bit higher than that, but looking at their home crowds, and obviously they're playing at Oakville View as well, which is a little bit different, um, their home crowds against the likes of Cove Rangers and Inverness, which is a pretty good indicator because those clubs, no offence to them, don't carry big away supports. Yeah. So that gives you an indication of what their home support is like, and it's hovering around four five hundred. Which isn't great. Are they going to be in Lesser Hamden? Should they reach the Premiership at they're the start of next season? They're supposed to be season? there now. The, yeah. the they're not there now, on, are they? No, the work's going on longer than they suspected. Right. So but will it be ready in time yes. for the Premiership if they do get promoted? Yes. I think Queen's Park being in the Premiership will be an absolute embarrassment. Um, I agree with you. Because I think that you're totally right. It's somebody's plaything. It's Gretna. And once that person gets fed up, there'll be nothing. And that's a shame for the genuine Queen's Park supporters, I think. And they'll be loving it just now, obviously, because they're top of the league. They're thrashing teams left, right and centre. And everyone would love that at the start. But there's not a sustainable outlook on that, I don't think. Queen's Park winning the league, there'll be that initial like, oh, what an amazing story. But once but reality it's, kicks it's in... Not, but the thing is, it's not an no, amazing no, story. No, no, but it will be to begin with. But but no, 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 no. I, I totally, I, I know what you're saying. Like, that'll be the sort of, that'll be what all the people at the BBC say, basically. And it's not. It's not an amazing, just like Gretna was not an amazing fairy tale. I, totally. It was somebody with lots and lots of money who pumped loads of money in inflated wages for the entire league actually when yeah. Gretna came up try to compete try to compete and it's not sustainable it's not a fairy tale it's going to uh, I've seen this story a million times we've all seen this story a million times but I at the end of the season we know it's going to be what a fairy tale for Queen's Park getting promoted against all the odds as well oh yeah against all the odds with hundreds of millions of pounds backing you I just think it's an absolute nonsense it really is I'm not against teams you know, investing in their clubs? Absolutely not. You can you can spend your money on whatever you want, but don't tell me it's a fairy tale because it's not a fairy tale. In the same way, the Newcastle being second in the Premier League is not a fairy tale. They have a country backing them. <laughs> See, last Thursday, I've been getting quite a bit of stick from the Celtic fans. Well, you're about to get some stick from the one man and his dog from Queen's Park for your comments just now. Yeah, well, it's absolutely stuck by them. 100% stuck I, by no, them. Listen, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think it's good for Scottish football. Yeah. Um, I, I just I don't think it's fundamentally very good for Queen's Park but if there's a country out there who'd like to own hearts please step forward <laughs> you've learned from Lithuania be careful <laughs> right, yeah exactly right. I'm going to tell you something that I've never ever admitted before on the radio and I'm going to admit this here and now when hearts were under the leadership of Vladimir Romanov now I used to live in the Middle East I used to play for a football club called Abu Dhabi Football Club and the person who um, sponsored our club, allowed us to play at their professional stadium, which was Al Wakda. So it was a sheikh who ran the football club, owned the football club, and we became friends with him. And I asked him if we could use the stadium. So we got to use our pitch. Amazing. All the facilities, we got to use it. It was a local expatriate league. I contacted him when I was on the real radio football phone and when Vladimir Romanov was in charge of ours, and I sent him an email asking if he would buy the club. And he said no. <laughs> <laughs> but he had... Good story, shite out <laughs> Because I hated Romanov. Did you even get a reply? I got a reply. Of course I got a reply. I know the guy. What did he say? He just said no. Well, he wasn't interested. <laughs> no. he, just, he wasn't interested. But I hated Romanov that much 
I wanted anybody but anybody come in and save their club because I could see the writing on the wall. And do you know what? A lot of Hearts fans hate me for my criticism of Romanov over the years. And a lot of Hearts fans hate me for saying I would hand back the Scottish Cup victory over Hibs so as not to go into administration. I hate that we've got that. Would you, would you hand it back and give it to Hibs though? They can have it because I think having administration as part of your history is just embarrassing. So I would hand back all the great days that we had at Tynecastle, all the amazing victories we had in the Scottish Cup, whether it be wins against Gretna, the wins against Hibs in the semi-final, then we beat them in a final. I would hand it all back so as not to go into administration. I hate Roman over the passion and I hate what he did to our football club, which is why I contacted a friend of mine to try and buy the club. It turns out your mum is no great shake. <laughs> So no good. great shape. Very, very good. good. Very yeah. good. Well yeah. done. Well really done. Good. Administration brothers on this show. <laughs> we really are. Dundee United have never been Give in administration. Us time. Give no, us time. Yeah, exactly. Last time. time yet. Have you ever been close to being yes. into administration? In the last five years, yeah, really, really close. But in the last five years? Just when when United the, were in the championship, I think things were fairly dire. Aye, when Mark Ogram bought the club, we were very much teetering on the edge. Oh, I didn't realise it was that close. Yeah. Oh, we could have been an administration trio. trio. It's horrible, exactly. isn't it? I hate that because see fans, it just gives some ammunition to throw at you. Oh, you've been an administration. Because you, you don't ever give them and, any. And you, <laughs> you, you cheated your way to the Scottish Cup win against Hibs and all that. I just hate that, that, that rival fans have been given that ammunition. And intern Caleb is the only person who doesn't get paid in pence in the pound for this podcast <laughs> as well. So that's interesting. So, uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Air United back to winning ways, but it was only against Hamilton, 1 0. And Arbroath couldn't follow up their win against Dundee. They have been defeated 4 1 by Inverness Caledonian Thistle, who have scored 10 goals in two matches and Partick Thistle back to winning ways hitting a wee bit of good form now they've got some of their players back as well beating Morton 2-1 on Saturday let's drop down into League 1 it was a big win for Kelty Hearts they were down to 10 men after about half an hour and it was 2-1 in the end to Kelty they got a late penalty against Clyde so a big win for them which means pretty much Clyde and Peterhead are finished at the bottom and Kelty Hearts are knocking on the door for the playoffs they're only 5 points off the playoffs now so they're making a little charge towards the end of the season Falkirk 2 Montrose 1 they're also locked into the playoffs as well Peter Head lost 3-0 at home to Airdrie but the first goal came in the 84th minute it was Callum Gallagher who scored it as well who also works at the radio station and plays, for Clyde, uh, and, and plays for Airdrie uh, at the weekend so it ended up 3-0 to Airdrie and as we mentioned Marvin Bartley's Queen of the South getting beat 2-1 at home to Alloy he'll take over in their next match there was one final match in League One at the weekend. Yeah, we didn't ask. We're done. It was the top of the we table didn't. clash. It was FC Edinburgh who were in second against Dunfermline first. Dunfermline won one nil. That is the league pretty much done. And I'm apparently, done. you were lucky to win that one nil as well. No, we weren't. You were. I get it. By who, who told you that? A Falkirk fan. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. And did he put any meat on the bone in terms of like why we were lucky? He or? just says that you're very lucky to hold on for a one 0 victory, but that's what you've been doing all season. And I kind of agree with him. You're not blowing teams away. You're getting the job done. The football's not particularly good either. Did you see our goal on Saturday? You will at some point this season go have on. a wee sticky patch. Goal on and Saturday. See when it comes. Started for the goalkeeper right up the right hand side. Great run by Kyle McDonald. Cut by Craig White. So route Craig. one. Route one goal. No, it wasn't. Didn't even didn't even leave the f- didn't even leave the ground. Okay. There we are. Okay. Now, Fairman have won the league because I was looking at the fixtures. Our next five fixtures will get at least 
13 points out of 15. So you'll be unbeaten in the next five fixtures? Well, we've only lost one game all season. So, so the next five you're saying you're going to be unbeaten? Yeah. So I, mean, I, I think nothing done for them will win the league. We are exactly halfway through the season now. And if Dunfermline win or not, say there's, there's 18 games left. If Dunfermline win 10 of those games, uh-huh. Falkirk need to win 13. And I, I, I just don't see Falkirk winning three more matches than us. So we've won the league. There you are. I think Dunfermline have won the league as well, but you never know. Football's a funny old game. It is a funny old game. Uh, league 2, it was Anna Nil 4 for 2. It was Elgin City 1, East 5 2, Stenishmere 2, Stranraer 1. And the result of the weekend in League 2 was Bonnie Rig Rose 0, Albion Rovers 4. Albion Rovers, who you said were either going to get relegated or win the league at the start of the season. And that means Bonnie Rig are now bottom of the table. So they could be the first team in SPFL history to get promoted and then get relegated again. I was looking at the Lowland League at the weekend and the Highland League. Highland League, Brecon are top of the league, unbeaten, haven't lost a game this season. I think they've won 16 out of 18 matches. And the Lowland League, I think it's Spartans who are top currently. And then I think you've got Rangers being Trenent are in and about there and Celtic B as well. So um, we'll see what happens towards the end of the season. You're listening to the Big Scottish Football Podcast Transfer Talk coming up in just a wee while The Big Scottish Football Podcast With Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron Right, we asked you on social media Which footballers, managers, referees and pundits Would feature if Scottish football were a butcher, a baker Or a candlestick maker Thank you so much for all your interactions and suggestions Here are the best and worst That you have sent in over the last wee while Stephen Hill Nearly me FC Edinburgh. How? Nah. How? Well, butcher. Burgers at a butcher. You get burgers at a butcher. Oh, yes, leader. Uh, Brian Eclair from John Bleasdale. That's not bad. Ryan Porkeus, which is quite good. Alan Douglas. Uh, Beef Lasley. Uh, Mark McGee's Rolls. Uh, that's a Glasgow Roll Company, in case you're listening from outside Glasgow. Uh, Ryan Poultrius. Oh, do you not do you know get McGee's Rolls in Edinburgh? Don't think so. Don't no. get them in Dundee, no. no. Don't get them. Inverness, Aberdeen. No. Baines. Baines is the Fife one, isn't it? Baines or Stevens. Stevens is them in, in Dunfermline. So yeah. you only get McGee's in, you only get McGee's in Glasgow in the West? I think so, yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Okay. You've got this crazy thought, right? Which is that Glasgow in the West doesn't rule the rest of Scotland. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but, it's a, but it's a business. Surely you'd want to, to, to make as much money as you possibly can by... Um, selling your baked goods all across the country why are you limiting yourself to Glasgow in the I, West I don't think it's a case of limiting but people will buy what they're used to so if you're in Glasgow you'll probably buy McGee's Rolls whereas, oh. whereas if you're in Dundee or if you're in Fife and you've always bought Baines Rolls Baines Rolls are fundamentally different Baines I've never even heard of that yeah it's very, there's a Baines in Edinburgh actually on Queensferry Road also if you want to look at it from a business perspective do you have to open up a whole new plant in Edinburgh just so you can have freshly baked goods you don't have to transport from Glasgow every uh, day you have heard of lorries I I have but yeah. have you heard how much they cost have you heard that if you pack a lorry full of baked goods and you drive it on the M8 you could sell your goods in Edinburgh if you wanted that's a crazy concept I don't know if I believe it but people are already buying the rolls that they already buy there they don't want to break into the Edinburgh Fife Dundee Aberdeen roll market can we get McGee's on the phone because I'd like to ask them why they're not um, spread their business out can we get McGee's on the phone alright we'll just phone McGee's we'll phone McGee's and the roll will talk to us 0141 we've seen McGee's McGee's the bakers they send to this radio station they send mm-hmm. pies yeah I know they send us pies yeah yeah you tell me that if I'm not in Glasgow in the West I'll never get a pie from McGee's 
Right, so that's what you're telling me. Well, I'll ask you a question. You're uh, telling me. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me I can't get a McGee's pie unless I'm in Glasgow in the West. I, I'd be pretty certain of that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's shite. Well, I'll tell you what. We do the big Saturday football show from Edinburgh most Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a pie from McGee's? Oh, well, I've not looked for them. You've not looked for them? So there's hidden pies at the radio station? <laughs> People, so there are pies getting delivered to Edinburgh or the Edinburgh office, but they're, they're getting hidden <laughs> in various cupboards and if you look un- hard enough, unknown fridges. Get Ben Gies on the phone. Right. Can I, we get the number? No, no, seriously, let's get you know, on my phone. I actually have Ross from McGee's number on my phone. Call right, him. Let's phone him just now. You got the number? Yeah, yeah, don't put it in. And what's his name? It's Ross. It's Ross, right, okay, let's phone him. Ignoring you. Morning, McGee's breaking it. Hi, Ross. It's Stephen and Yoon here from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Sorry for uh, jumping this on you. You all right this morning? Not too bad, my friend. How are you? Right. Uh, Yoon's got a question about McGee's Bakeries. On you go. Yeah. Um, I know McGee's Bakery really well. And uh, here at the radio station, um, we get deliveries of McGee's goods from time to time. Yeah. Um, so McGee's pies. Um, do we get them anywhere other than Glasgow in the West? Uh, Central Belt, yeah. Could I get a McGee's pie in Edinburgh, where I'm from? That probably would be no. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. Thank you for You're making so, my point. Sort so, of so settled an argument there, Ross. I, I, said, I said McGee's were legends in Glasgow in the West, but I said if you go to the east of the country and you say, can I have a McGee's roll or a McGee's pie, they'll be like, what? Sorry? That's, that's just a bit. What you will get in the East is you'll get a Ford's product, which is a subsidiary company of Mickey's. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. Right, okay. Oh, amazing. Mm. Right. So, is it the same pie but under a different name? Yes. See. Is it the same roll but under a different name? No, it's made to Ford's recipe because of the East Coast. Uh, Palette. Thank you. Wow. I told you. You told me that because, like, I was talking about like Baines and Stevens and stuff like that, and I was like, the rolls are different, and yeah. people in the east are used to a certain sort of roll. Just like in yeah. Aberdeen, they're used to Rowies and Barrys. Yeah, we have to do a specific type of roll for Dundee, and we've also got down in Ayrshire. We've got our own production unit in Ayrshire making another type of roll as well for that. Different rolls all over the country. I told you, Ewan. If McGee's win an award, do your subsidiary get to claim that award, even though they're not under the same name? It depends if it was their product. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Ross, uh, sorry about this, but thank you very much for answering our questions, all right? <laughs> I don't want to see and, you and Ross, you know our address. I love a roll from a geese. Don't worry, it'll be in the post. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> bad. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. And there he goes. There goes Ross. From he McGee's. answered the question. Brilliant. So I told you I was right. So, so there's a specific role for Glasgow... Is there's for Edinburgh, Dundee, Aberdeen, Inverness? I really didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Well, you didn't know a lot of things. <laughs> Elsewhere, uh, Ryan Poltrius, Alex Gogic of Pork Chops. I didn't get it, I just put it in there. Yeah, that's from Simon McQueen. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Loynell Letizzi. Yeah. Uh, he was a Rangers goalkeeper under Paul Le Guin, who actually, I read a very interesting article about Paul Le Guin. It was on The Athletic. Any Rangers fans interested and you subscribe to The Athletic, great... Uh, piece about Paul Le Guin when he took over and all the rest of it behind the scenes uh, Ribsdip 
and said he hipster. Uh, Flank McAvenny, that's from Watch Chris. Chris Mutton, James McCake, Wax Christie, that's the Boness manager from Barlock76. Uh, Greg's Steak McPake, uh, Doe Cardle, uh, BBQ, uh, BBQ, Barbecue Spare Hibs from Larky. Uh, Ribeye Yilmaz from Barrington Chesterfield Cowden Beef obviously straight in there Scott Bain Marie uh, Marjan Candelabra from Ricky God almighty Is that that boy's name Barrington Chesterfield? Uh, well on, on Twitter. Twitter it is yeah uh, Terry Butcher that's from Scott Proctor obviously uh, James Forrest Gatto from Sly Sports News uh, Carol Starmelt uh, Joe Tart um, from that's from King Kolak, uh, Andy Halalde from Andy. <laughs> here's quite here's a good one. Jan Veninger and a Pundelinks. <laughs> that's from Brian Stalker. Uh, Lawrence Lamb Shankland, Graham Pendrice. Uh, we've got Rab Douglas. Eh, that's Rab Douglas. Do- Douglas. All right. Uh, James Mincent, uh, Yeast End Park from Mark Thompson. Hello to James McStake, Cobby Nielsen. Gravy Bowman, beef, another Beef Lansley from Gareth Davies. Harati Scones, Hatati Scones, I should say, from Chris Taylor. I don't like Hatati Scone. Not uh, a fan. Nah, it's a wee bit too... It's too doughy. Too much for me. Uh, Brady Malone, Yeast Fife, another Yeast Fife. Uh, Wiki Foster, Ian Waxwell from Sam Miller. Steak Pison Maeda from Mikko. And Lee Maryberry from Kenny Burgess. Who is the winner? I like here? that. Lee Mary Berry okay I like we'll, that we'll go with that when that see is... when it comes to a full Scottish breakfast if you had to leave one thing out what would you leave it oh like the mushrooms or the tomatoes obviously one one you had to leave one thing out of a full Scottish breakfast tomatoes tomatoes beans, beans are gone hate beans <gasps> hate beans how can you not have beans with a full Scottish breakfast baked, baked beans give me the willies why is not, there right we're going to delve a wee bit deeper on this yeah because we've not had enough tangents today let's go is on there um, is there some sort of historical event that happened with beans when you were younger <laughs> that made you ill or that's what normally happens to yeah. put you off a food or Aye. a drink or something, something. Or have like, you just never liked beans? Do you want me to give you the honest answer or the fake answer? The honest answer. Okay, so the fake answer is, ugh, I just don't really like the consistency of the taste. The real answer is, I'm a food snob. You're a food snob? Mm-hmm. So you don't eat baked beans? <laughs> oh my words. See when, see when oh you were taking words. his side on the mince? See what I mean? Oh my, you are a snob. At least I can admit it though, I'm happy. I'm happy, not happy to admit it, but, but I can admit beans it. Beans on toast? Wait, 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 with some great, with some great cheese. Oh, and a some cheesy beano, cheesy beano. Honest, I would rather eat my own fist. Why, why, why are you trying to be something that you're clearly not? Because I know who you are. I've mm-hmm. worked with you for many, many years, mm-hmm. and you're trying to be something that you're not. This is quite disturbing. You are a snob. You look down on people who eat beans. I don't look down on them. I'm just better than them. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I just don't like baked beans. I've never liked the taste. I've never liked the consistency. I don't. When's the last time you had baked beans? Honestly, decades ago. Right. right. So next Monday when I come in here for the podcast, but you won't know. You won't. No, well, no, you won't. So let's just no, let's stop pretending. No, no, no. You won't. No, no. There's won't. a wee cafe in the corner from here who do breakfast. Well, you know the cafe I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'll go and bring in a breakfast with some beans, or I'll just get in a KFC. They do baked beans. KFC do. do a great baked beans They do In a wee tub And we can dip some chicken in it Like It's almost Honestly like Honestly makes me feel ill But What you're doing there You're covering your mouth And you're gagging mm-hmm. Because you're a food snob But the idea of baked beans Yeah 100% <laughs> Like what 
What's the idea of baked beans? Don't like Baked beans on top of a mince pie. Oh, a piping hot tremendous. mince pie with baked beans is just Mate, unbelievable. Your snobbery is holding you back. Hold on, very your quickly. Your snobbery's ruining the show. I don't like olives either, and they're they like snobby. They're snobby food. I don't I, like them. I don't like olives. You're not either. comparing olives with baked. Olives are olives are an acquired taste. So are baked Good beans. Point. No, they're not. There they are. Don't no, like tomato ketchup either. Get rid of it. Don't want any of it. Just don't like it. <laughs> You're an odd man. For next week's podcast, we want to know your suggestions for if Scotch football were a TV show. Oh, that'll be good. Examples include Marg Antoine Family Fortunes, <laughs> East End Parkers, obviously, Steptoe and Barry Ferguson, <laughs> uh, Ant and Declan Gallagher's Saturday Night Takeaway, <laughs> Takeshi's Time Castle, and Graham Holmes Under the Hammer. <laughs> so keep your eyes on our Twitter page at Big Football Scott for a badly photoshopped example that you can leave your suggestion under. Okay, let's move on to our transfer section rumour has it let's take a look at some of the transfer stories doing the rounds during the January transfer window Josip Juranovic to Monza for £7 million what are you making of that? See during the World Cup there was all this chat amongst the Celtic fans that Josip Juranovic was going to be sold for £25 million to the likes of Chelsea and all these big clubs it turns out he's going to be signing for a Formula 1 track Good dad joke. That's good. You were meant to laugh at that. It wasn't very funny, I'm afraid. That was me trying to be funny. Why was nobody laughing? It, it wasn't funny. Uh, Monza. Um, Monza's a Formula One track, right? The, and, to, and, to put a wee bit of context in it, it is a Formula One track. They're also owned by Silvio Berlusconi now, so they have a lot of money, and that's where they're getting their cash well, from. They're 16th in the Italian league. That's why they have to sign Josip Juranovic to make sure they're not going to be that's, 16th. But it's, but it's a loan deal to begin with, with the, yeah. with the option to buy him for £7 million in the summer. Yeah. I'm guessing, because I do think he's worth more than £7 million, to be honest with you, I'm guessing there must be some sort of clause in the contract why he's going for so little money probably yeah I would imagine so so and to be fair that's still a significant profit on what they paid for him what they paid three million yeah exactly so they're doubling their money so if that happens uh, Georgios Giacomakis apparently heading to Urawa Reds I, as well. I like Giacomakis I think he's a really good player see when he comes on he offers Celtic something different and he really causes problems and he worries centre backs I think Celtic should be doing everything they possibly can to keep him now it goes back to what we were saying earlier on. I think Giacomacchi is obviously a really good goal scorer and he does, he does, he ruffles up defenders. Even when he came on against Rangers, I thought he made a difference and stuff like that. But I don't think he's that good at football. <laughs> and and, that, and that's the problem with him. And I think a lot of Celtic fans think like that as well. Like, yes, he does score goals and his goal scoring record has, has been very, very good. But I think the way that Celtic play... I don't think he quite fits in. Like, you know, Kyogo's a far better player than Georgios Giacomakis. I like him. All round. He offers something different. I, I totally accept that. Totally accept that. But I think, you know, if, if he's wanting what the papers are saying he's wanting in terms of wages, Celtic are probably like, nah, we'll get somebody else in. Um, is that likely to go through then? It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, it we're like off to Japan. Okay. Uh, for Rangers, Todd Cantwell from Norwich and Tom Davies from Everton. That's the chat. There was a lot of talk in the early days with Todd Cantwell that he might find himself at Liverpool or a Man United. There was like the big clubs were sniffing around him. He's the next big thing. Hasn't quite worked out for him. I mean, he's a good player. Um, Tom Davis at Everton. Todd again. Cantwell, zero assists and zero goals this season. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just it's just not happening for them. It's in just nineteen appearances. Yeah, it's just not happening for them. Uh, Tom Davis at Everton. I'd be surprised to let him go. He's been playing recently for Everton. So, but yeah, that's the rumor. I mean, again, coming into Scotland, playing in the Premiership, I think Cantwell and Davis will be good signings. I always thought that what's his name, who's unfortunately injured for Rangers just Tom now, Lawrence. He looked like a really good player when the season kicked off, and because he's got good quality. He's played at a higher level. I thought he was a really good signing. So unfortunately for Rangers, he's out. But with Cantwell and Davis, who've got top flight experience in the Premiership, I think they're good players. And I think playing in Scotland, they might do a decent job. This isn't a loaded question. Do you think that's the type of player Rangers need in the transfer market, those two? Well, they need to sort their midfield out. I think the midfield's a mess. I think the midfield gets overrun a wee bit too easily. Um, and do you think Ryan that, Jackson and that team I think Lundstrom's alright but he's kind of the pivot he's, at the, he's, he's in front of the back four um, but I think they need something a bit more dynamic a bit more creativity in front of Lundstrom I don't think they've got that in Jack in Kamara or any others and Steven Davis is you know getting he's, on he is he's getting on a wee bit but, but, he's I, done, yeah. but I, I don't think whereas Cantwell has got that creativity about him I know he's, he's, his figures this year aren't great but he is that type of player we've seen him do it uh, and you've seen him do it yeah and, and Tom Davis is a box to box striker which Rangers don't have at the moment Lauren Shanklin to Rangers is that happening it's never happened in a million years and oh, Hearts don't need to sell Hearts are in such a brilliant position financially where they can now turn around to Celtic and Rangers and go unless you're going to pay us stupid money we ain't selling to you anymore so 7 million what if Lauren Shanklin says I want to go to Rangers doesn't matter We've, he's signed a deal with us so he's not you're going to go you're going to keep an unhappy oh, yeah, player yeah, but yeah you'll, you'll get over it you'll get over it <laughs> right, we don't okay. need to sell and it's we're not going to sell pay us stupid money and we might consider it you said earlier on the season when Michael Beale took over at Rangers that you might only get the chance to go to Rangers once in your career correct and that's why Michael Beale took the job yes but you're saying that Lauren Shanklin if he gets the chance to go to Rangers will turn it down he's con- he, won't, he won't turn it down Hearts will turn it down right okay and you think that's fair yes it is fair because he's contracted to Hearts play for Hearts like what Michael Beale was contracted to QPR do your job well, QPR could have hold, held him a ransom if they wanted to, but they didn't. They let him go. Exactly. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't want an unhappy manager. So, see, when it comes to Lauren Shanklin, right, just say he wanted to go to Rangers. Mm-hmm. He'd go in the huff for a wee while, but ultimately he's got to do his job. He will get come back into the fold. Being the second best striker behind he, Kevin Nisbet in Scotland. The, the petted lip would go, yeah. and he would do his job as he, he has done for Maybe try and get up to Kevin Nisbet's level. He, he's not going to Rangers, let's put it that way. And if he does go to Rangers, I want £7 million down payment and £3 million add-ons to take up to £10 million. Dundee United's youngest ever player, Rory McLeod, is going to either Newcastle or Brighton for four hundred grand by the looks of it. Hopefully a nice sell-on clause for Dundee United there as well. I don't know anything about this boy. Tell, talk to us in town, Caleb. He uh, was... Pulling up trees for the youth team Came and made his debut for United At 16 Youngest ever player for Dundee United And bear in mind That's including like the Jim McLean era Where you had wow. You know folk She's got On wages at 15 On 10 year contracts at 15 years old He came on against Celtic um, Not in the 9-0 in a different game He's come on against Rangers Like he did yesterday yeah. He's in and around the fold He's thought of very highly He's just not quite got the the body structure yet to maybe compete in the same way that he will in a few years but time but clearly these premiership clubs see something in the boy to, yeah. To, yeah. to put in a possible bit of 400k and Ryan Portis to Udinese is the chat apparently talks are ongoing mm-hmm. the two sides are a wee bit away in terms of their valuation obviously he's out of contract at the end of the season so Hibs I'll probably want to keep him till the end of the season so I mean it's got to this stage see for Hibs is it not best for them in regards to the value keeping him than selling him because what will they get if they sold him right now a couple hundred grand maybe yeah at most 
well, surely they'd be better keeping him to try and achieve their goals and they'll get more out of it and they'll get more money out of it possibly. But again, if you've got a player who is wanting to leave... He was a boy who played yesterday who didn't have one eye on a move. Live on telly in the shop window. But, 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 he, but he is in the shop window. And, yeah. But I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think that Hibs would be daft to let him go because they need him. However, money talks at the end of the day. Here's something. Will they keep him for the next couple of matches? Because obviously a big match of the weekend against Dundee United and then the Cup the following weekend against against Hearts. They could do because when's the Hearts game? That's midway through January now, was it? It's a a week on Sunday. 21st. 21st, 22nd. So yeah, you still got eight days of the transfer window. So yeah, they could keep him for those two huge games. But again... They could say, go and stay for these next two games and then we'll let you go. Here's the thing, though, Ryan. From Ryan Portis's point of view, what happens if he gets injured? Gets a really bad injury. That's him done. For well, the that, season. That, you could have said that about the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But, 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 they, but they haven't agreed anything yet. I, mean, you, you I know said, what you've said. You, you said if they'd agreed yeah. something, yeah. like stay for the next two games. There's every chance if they are already having the chat with Udinese, there's every chance he could be away by the weekend. Yeah. Do you think if he does go, they're in trouble, Hibbs? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I, I, I love the player. Him, I really and, do. him and Rocky Bashiri look not too bad, I thought. And I'll tell you what, see when he stepped into midfield when Hanlon came on, he looks all right in midfield as well. Just again, that Lundstrom rule, just sitting in front of the back four because he's strong, he's physical, he can pass, mm-hmm. and he's got a wee bit about him. So yeah. he's, 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 he's um, adaptable. Okay. But I, I think it's a shame that he'd be leaving Scottish football, but I understand that why he'd want to go try a different league. Because if you look at the likes of Ferguson, Doidge, Hickey, who all went to Italy and were tearing up trees and have got big moves to um, Brentford, etc., 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 then I think it's probably a good move for the boy. Yeah, I think it's great. I would, like, you know, I think any young Scottish player going abroad is a very very good thing yeah. and they'll see what it's done for other Scottish players and think well if that's happened to Ferguson there's talk of Inter Milan sniffing about Ferguson now because of his performances for Bologna Doidge is playing outstanding who's he way against it Hell's he, Verona yeah Verona yeah. And, and then Na- had, Napoli have been linked with him as well and then you had Hickey who was in Italy got a £25 million move to Brentford and he was tearing up trees for Brentford before he got injured mm-hmm yeah, there we go. Well, we'll see what happens over the next week. Any other business, you and Cameron? Are we done? I we're pretty much done, I think. All right. Are we brilliant. good to go? Yeah, absolutely. This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you very much to you, you and Cameron. Thank you. Thank you very much, intern Caleb, as well. It's been a wow. pleasure. No, but you've actually done some work today, which is good. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss a podcast. Keep an eye on the socials for if Scottish football were a TV show. This will be a good one, I think. And we'll be back next week at our usual time with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Podcast.